Hey, this is Lori from Hike, where we explore, wander, and live. In this episode of Hike, I talk with Fernando Rios. Last August, he completed his thru-hike of the Appalachian Trail. So we talk about his time on the trail, what it was like, and also what it was like to come home and adjust to life off the trail. So take a listen. All right. So I'm here with Fernando Rios. Thank you for being my guest today. Absolutely. All right. So I had um, come across you um, through Instagram and I was looking at um, interviewing some through hikers, some recent through hikers for the podcast and your name came up. So I wanted to start out by first, you know, congratulations on your accomplishment um, I think people so don't realize what an effort it is sometimes. So I just wanted to congratulate you. Um, so tell me just a little bit about um, yourself, you know, why you decided to through hike and, um, mm-hmm. and what inspired you. So, I mean, leading up to the through hike, I was working a job I absolutely hated. I was a project manager for a sign company. And it was just really thankless work, and I was unhappy. And the AT was always something I wanted to do. Uh, but when I first graduated college, it just I didn't have enough money to do it. Like you know, and after my master's, I had some money put to the side, but my dad was sick, and it just didn't seem the right time to go away for a while. And after working this job for a while, I needed an engine. I didn't see a way out and someone threw out the idea of through hiking and I just kind of ran with it. So was it something you were doing on your own or did you have um, a hiking partner or someone that you, you started out with? I did have someone I started out with. Um, it's someone I had been hiking with for years. We had a lot of experience on trail together and I know a lot of people will say, don't hike with a partner. And I can see how that can be limiting, but um, I wouldn't, I, there's, I wouldn't change that. We had an incredible experience. We didn't spend every day together. There was a couple of days we did spend apart, um, but we spent most of the trail together and it was by far the best experience of my life. Awesome. So, um, you know, you talked about, First, you know, when you graduate college and then going on to grad school and and just, you know, the idea of, oh, do I have enough money? Can I do this? Do you think, um, you know, for many of us who aspire to through hike, but maybe life gets in the way, um, I guess, you know, what would you tell someone out there listening who is saying, you know, it's just not the right time. It's not the right year. No matter how you feel about it, it's always going to take that of eventual leap of faith. Um, it's never going to feel like the right time. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's always a million excuses on why you shouldn't, but just finally letting go and just taking that leap is, it's an incredible feeling. So, and, uh, something, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead and finish. I just think like, you know, whatever it is, whether it's the th- a through hike or moving across country, sometimes it just takes that 
that that that leap. Okay. So when did you start? What what month of uh, of the year did you begin? I started on March 14th. Okay. And you ended when? August 29th. Oh, wow. Okay. So in the heat of the summer, you ended. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, you, you, you were blogging for the track. Um, mm-hmm. So tell me a little bit about how that came about and um, just that how that experience uh, added to the through hike. Um, so blogging for the track, it was just kind of a random thing. I was planning on starting a blog anyway. Um, and then I saw them like, uh, you know, post their thing about accepting applications for the upcoming through hiking season. And I just kind of put it out there. I was never a very strong writer and I was like, whatever, what's the worst that happens? They say no. And there was a day I was in Philly and I was doing an interview of the, she's, she is the founder and president of Punk Talks. It's a, it's a non-for-profit that provides free mental health services to up and coming musicians and industry workers. So I was doing something for that. Um, and I got the email that I got accepted for the trek, which is just kind of cool to just be able to share my story with more than just the, you know, whoever's following me on Instagram. Um, most definitely. And what was kind of cool about it, you know, I wasn't expecting to be recognized because of my blogger at all, but at one point in Pennsylvania, someone did recognize me as a Trek blogger and we were too lazy to like the, the local beer store was closed. I think cause it was a Sunday or something like that. And we didn't feel like walking two miles out of the way to go to the liquor store. And she ran to her house real quick, which was up the block and gave us a bottle of Jim Beam and a bottle of Southern comfort, which is like, you know, it just, it just was awesome. I just came out of left field and it was just, we got back to the campsite and a bunch of hikers just sat around a fire passing around a bottle of Jim Beam. It was a good night. So that was some good trail magic then. Absolutely. So, um, you know, in your blogging for the trek, you, you speak about also this journey being about your mental health and, you know, being out there and, and you were just mentioning about, you know, doing some things with, um, with, you know, the nonprofit and, and talking with them about, mm-hmm. about, you know, the importance of mental health for aspiring musicians and so on. So, so tell me, I guess, how did that uh, fit into this hike and, and how did that change you? I think part of my needing to do this was my mental health wasn't where it needed to be. And I'm, and I'm sure there's people whose mental health is, uh, you know, it's not a competition or anything, but like, you know, I just wasn't, I wasn't happy and it led to uh, a lot of self-medicating and it was just kind of this, this spiral of something happening, self-medicating. And it was just kind of this endless cycle of, of, you know, just not hitting rock bottom, but just being in a bad place and 
it consistently sending me to a bad place. And uh, I, I, when I was younger, uh, I was, you know, not a huge musician, but uh, I toured around New Jersey, New York, a little bit on the East Coast, and music was always really important to me. And um, I have friends that are still touring musicians, and I have this friend running punk talks, and it just seemed like uh, I was doing something because I needed to do something for my mental health. I couldn't stay where I was, and she was doing something to help other people, so it seemed like a great time where I could help, and I raised, I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it was something like $1,300 for her nonprofit um, through my hike. Oh, wow. So you really were hiking for mental health. You were doing something to help. I think that's um, that's really, it's an amazing contribution. I, I have seen more and more of that um, out there, you know, mm-hmm. by following people on Instagram and seeing that they're doing some things, you know, to, to raise money on their hikes, bring awareness, um, you know, really do something to give back. Um, I do think hiking itself um, and music, composing anything, you know, to do with, with creativity or, or getting out there does do a lot for um, improving um, mental health and improving um, the ability to process things, uh, to to work through matters. Um, you know, you wrote in your blog, the mountains have a way of breaking you down before building you back up. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess tell me how that process of being in the mountains and also the challenges, the physical challenges of that, um, even if it wasn't um, really a hard hike, but just how that affected you. I didn't have a, a lot of experience going into it. I think my longest stint on trail had been about seven days. Yeah, it was seven. It was seven full days on trail, and uh, you know, I I didn't think I had a lot of experience going in. Funny enough, I found that I had a lot more experience than a lot of the people there. But no matter how I, I feel, no matter how much experience you have, there's nothing that really physically or mentally prepares you for your first through hike for spending half a year out in the woods. Um, and just the, the, the toll that's going to take on your body, both physically and mentally. Um, you know, I wasn't in the best shape when I left, but I had always handled the hikes that had been on well. And, but after being out there for a couple of weeks, you know, your body kind of, starts to reject what you're doing. So I, I hit this point in the Smokies where I could barely put weight on my on my right leg and just being able to to power through that. That was a real low point and I was really hurting one day and it was freezing and poured the night before and it was super windy that day. And I saw something that was really cool that I'd never seen before where ice crystals were forming on the trees from the wind. So they were kind of, they were like horizontal to the ground. It was kind of weird looking and beautiful. I'd never seen anything like that, but I was freezing. And uh, everyone had gotten past me that I had been hiking with because I was going so slow. And I was really hurting. And mentally at that point, I was just like, "What, what am I doing? Where is everyone? Why am I doing this? And 
I hadn't seen anyone for a few hours or seen any of my friends for a few hours. And I came over this ridge and there was this one spot where you could get behind a couple rocks and be blocked from the wind. And my entire group was sitting there. And when I came over the ridge, I just heard someone yell Fernando. And it was just like one of that, like such a bright moment on such like a hard day and things like that. Just, I think when it comes to like the low points on trail, who you surround yourself has a lot to do with how you make it through that. And, and I'm not saying you need to surround yourself with a ton of people, but you know, there's people who through hike alone. And I, I don't know if I could do that. Like towards the end, being alone would just kind of get to me, I think. And it's not that I need to be with these people all the time. I went through a couple groups and there's only really one person that I spent the entire through hike with, but those groups of, that we formed. And even if we only hiked together for a hundred miles or 400 miles, the, the connections you make on trail go a long way to, to making your experience a lot better. So with uh, some of the people you were hiking with, um, you were talking about how you got through your low points and, and how it helped to have them around. Did you, you know, witness, um, I guess, first question is, um, did you know, you witness a few of those other, you know, hiking um, members. Did they drop off? I mean, were there some, you know, people yeah. that, that left? Yeah, there were some people that left. Um, either they got injured or just uh, some people ran out of money. But there were some people just mentally it, it, it takes a toll. There's some people who you know, I really expected to finish. And after 1500 miles, they just said, I need to step away for a while. I'll finish this next summer. And, you know, that's understandable. It's, it's, it's a lot. And it's definitely something that is not for everyone, but if you can do it, I, I will always recommend that you do. Mm-hmm. Well, I was also going to then ask, um, do you have, did you have a time where you feel like you were on the other side of the ridge for someone, you know, was there an, an op moments where you were encouraging others or, or kind of trying to take on that role as well? I mean, we were always pushing each other to hike harder and, and, and go further. And as can I say that I particularly changed someone's day, I, I, I'm not really sure because I, I don't know how they were feeling mentally, but, um, I don't know. I, I would say probably I, I would like to think that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't know. That's just, uh, it's, it's hard to say. So you also spoke about in, in some of your writing about the trail providing. Um, mm-hmm. and when I read that, I was thinking just about my own, just even not on the trail, just about life in general and, and, and how you referenced before too, about, you know, taking that leap of faith. So, you know, I was going to ask, you know, how hard was it to, to get that trust, you know, that whatever was happening, that things would somehow work themselves out. That, you know, sometimes it is, is a little bit difficult, especially when your, your body's beat up and trusting that, you know, it's going to recover properly. You know, if I take a day here, I'll, I'll be good enough to make it to this next 
point with on a on a time crunch or you know towards the end some your your money start starting to run low or or whatever like so like a lot of people at the end they're just after you know being out there for a while not having really a source of income their money's starting to run out and just every time we needed something whether it was a ride or some sort of encouragement anything it just like it always seemed to be at the right place at the right time i remember one day i was just you know i really needed a, something that wasn't trail food and i had made some sort of comment like I, i'm pretty sure i'd kill someone for a bacon egg and cheese right now it's just like as a joke and within two miles there was a couple doing their first trail magic and they were making bacon egg and cheeses on bagels and it's just wow <laughs> Like, what are, what are the chances? Like, it was like, I was like, are you kidding me? She's like, do you want another one? I was like, yes, I'm absolutely cracking one out with me. Like, stuff like that, just that things just come up. It'll be a, you need a, a ride into town and there there's no one coming down. And the first person to finally come doesn't even hesitate to stop. It's It's incredible how how much people take care of each other out there and, and being able to find what you need when you need it. It's, it's something I, I, I really can't ex explain because it's something you need to experience. Yeah. It sounds like definitely something to experience firsthand would, would be pretty special. Um, as you, you know, think back now that you've finished, you know, the through hike, uh, if mm -hmm. you could go back to March of last year, what do you wish mm -hmm. someone would have told you? Or do you wish um, someone would have told you anything? <laughs> you know, just keep moving. No matter how bad it seems, just keep moving. Weather-wise, this was a really bad summer on the AT. Like, there was just so, like, May, there was just so much rain. It was disheartening at times when you have like one dry day and like a three week span it it can be uh, a little mentally taxing and to just keep moving that even when it's mentally taxing there'll be something that'll make it all worth it and just the experience you know no matter how hard it gets it's 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 worth it what are some of the key things that you would say you took away from your time on the trail? Take time for yourself. Most importantly, you know, we live in a society in this country where it's just work, work, work. Everything's about, you know, how nice your car is, how big your house is. And, and maybe it's not like that around the rest of the country. Maybe it's just that, you know, in this New York, New Jersey area that I'm in that, you know, it's all about that type of thing and just take time for yourself you need you, you need time to recuperate physically and, and, and mentally and I think that's something that we don't really take into account in this country the time to recoup mentally from from those mentally taxing taxing daily tasks that many of us have no and we definitely are in a society which doesn't promote you know, that or allow for that time off in, you know, in many cases, 
to be able to do. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I hear what you're saying there. Um, how how was that transition period? You know, because you know, coming back to you know non-trail life, um, how did that go? You know, what was that experience like to to go back to you know your house or your apartment and um, all the friends you left behind and and so on? So it, it was my coming back was a little bit weird. I cut my coming back. It's not that I had like a time frame I had. I we slowed down at the end to kind of make it last as long as we possibly could. Um, one of our best friends was getting married uh, I, September 1st. So I finished August 29th. I cut it real close. <laughs> um, but I went from waking up in the backwoods of Maine to waking up in a hotel in a podunk town in Maine to coming off of a bus in the Port Authority in New York City. And like, as soon as I stepped out of the Port Authority, I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Um, <laughs> it, it was, it was a little much at first, um, coming back to such a populated area. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had three weddings in the month of September when I came back. So it was kind of, it was kind of a funny adjustment period because like, you know, I'd be home for a couple of days and then I'd go spend the weekend down at the beach for a wedding or something like that. And it was just, you know, I kind of got reintroduced slowly. (laughs) Um, And being back around my friends was pretty great because they were just so much more supportive than I could have ever expected. Everyone was so happy for me. Everyone just wanted to to hear the story, which, you know, after a while gets to be a little bit much of you want to process what you just went through and you're just constantly reliving it, telling the story, which, you know, I, I love talking about my hike. I talk about it all the time, but I don't know, like after a while of just answering the same questions over and over for two weeks straight, got to be a little bit much. Um, but you know, once that kind of dies down, I understand how coming back to trail, I mean, coming back to real life after trail is really difficult for a lot of people. And everyone talks about post trail depression and, you know, I'm happy that people talk about that on trail. Cause you know, for some people that on trail, that was when you're talking about how you're going to adjust when you get home, people are like, well, what do you mean? What's post trail depression? And when your body is, when you're pretty much working out every day and your body's building up so much endorphins and all this from working out, when you stop doing that every day, um, you're, you kind of crash a little bit. And, you know, I had been in a bad place before, so I, I kind of knew how I would react to that type of crash. But I was able to, I started, I never used to run before I left. I started running every day and I've kind of cut back on that. And now I'm pretty much climbing every day. Um, just find something that you love to, to help, help that adjustment period. And it goes a long way. Now that That's definitely a good point because from what I read out there, from what I hear, what I observe, that's not something that's talked about 
I guess in at least in the mainstream way. You don't really hear about, you know, people coming back and adjustment and um, how to, you know, keep moving, like you said, and keep mm-hmm. moving on. So what is next for you? Are you contemplating any extended time on the trail again? So I have two plans for right now. Uh, I'm going to be doing a road trip next year. Um, I'm going to be visiting. I don't really have a plan for said road trip. Um, besides the fact that I want to do a rim to rim hike of the Grand Canyon. And I want to hit as many national parks as I can. I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. I don't know if I'll come back or if I'll just stay out, out somewhere out West. It's a huge possibility. Um, but I know the road trip's coming up. I know I want to do a rim-to-rim hike in the Grand Canyon, and there is a trail that's roughly 400 miles that goes from the 157th subway station, 157th Street subway station in Manhattan to just north of Albany. It's called the Long Path, hmm. and I think that is going to be my next through hike. When I do that, I'm not sure if it's going to be before or after my road trip, but we'll see. Well, it all sounds like, you know, things that are definitely worth doing and just getting out there. And uh, like you said, you don't necessarily have to have the whole plan, but you have some ideas of what you want to be and what you want to do. Absolutely. I think, uh, especially when it comes to readjusting, having something to focus on and something to strive for goes a long way in keeping you distracted. And not that I need a distraction. But just that, you know, the going back to work and going back to some of those more mundane daily tasks is hard after half a year of living out your dream. So uh, setting a goal and setting something to strive for, I think, uh, helps a lot. Okay. Well, I appreciate you spending some time with me and telling me a little bit about your hike. Um, your experiences, um, what you're planning, and just you know, just all of all of the things that kind of been through going through your mind um, as you were on the trail, and then as you you know adjusted back to to daily life. Um, yeah, if, absolutely. If there was, you know, you you're getting you know the 2019 class of uh, hikers is is coming up. And like you said, you know, you were telling them to just keep moving um, on the trail. Is there anything else um, for any of the upcoming through hikers that might listen to the podcast? What would you like to say? Take more pictures of your friends. And (laughs) that sounds so stupid. But I would go back and I look at my pictures and I have pictures of all these beautiful landscapes. And I only have a handful of pictures of some of the people I hiked with. And there's people that I spent a significant amount of time with that I have no pictures of. Uh, And, you know, it's, you know, I'll see them again. And, but it's just, you know, I really wish I had taken the time to take more pictures of my friends and with my friends while I was out there. That's a great, great advice. Um, So hopefully (laughs) some of, some of them will remember that. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Well, thank you again. And I look forward to seeing more of, of what you put out on the trail. 
Yeah, awesome. Thank you so much. It was awesome talking to you. So a big thank you to Fernando Rios for being my guest today. For more information about his through hike, please check out the podcast notes where you can link to his blog. And also check out the links to Hike Magazine and more about the podcast so we can connect on social media. See you on the trail.